There we go. That's how it'll fit, probably. What? I got it. Yeah, it'd be too complicated. We're not doing the bridge. No. We're not doing the bridge on there. Yeah, that's not even like, that's not the version most people listen to anyway. Jesus say yes, nobody can say no. When Jesus says yes, nobody can say no. What's up, boss? How you doing?
morning, New Hope Community Church, if we can make our way back to our seats. And as we're doing that, can we give our Father a shout of praise in this building this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We are getting ready to step into what God has for us today so we can make our way back to our seats. Troubles and our hurts to you right now, Father. 
service, Lord. Clear our minds and clear our hearts so that we can gain what you have for us today, Lord. I put a special protection upon the kids this morning as they get ready to hear your word and learn your word, Lord. Give them the mouths to speak and the ears to listen, Father. Let them seek you today, Lord. Give these teachers the strength to teach your word and preach your word, Father. Give them the wisdom to speak into these kids' lives. Let them realize that you are their firm foundation. You won't fail to do anything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be you may be seated. If you're in a posture of worship, don't feel like you have to get up. You know, you run into these moments where you just feel the presence of God come into a room so strongly. You don't know whether you should say something, whether you should be quiet, whether you should laugh or whether you should cry. But during the time of worship and when we take extended times, we have a, a worship team that knows how to flow in the Holy Spirit. And so they, they, they know when to keep going and they know when to stop. And, you know, maybe you've been in a place where, you know, it's like, okay, we got to do two fast songs, two slow songs, and we got to hurry up because we got to get out of here and we got to do this and we got to do that. And sometimes we just need to slow down open up to the presence of God, and just allow Him to do whatever He wants to do. Amen? The Holy Spirit can minister to us in worship in a way that is kind of unexplainable, but you know when it hits you, and you know what it does. And, and, and the Holy Spirit goes in you, and He can heal the, those broken places inside of us. And sometimes we get to a point where we just want to cry and we're like why am I crying like what is going on and it's just it's just the healer the comforter going in there and just cleansing and and moving through our life and kind of making those crooked paths straight amen and filling us up for any challenges that we might face we're going to continue in a in a place of worship as we take our offering if we could have the ushers come forward Luke chapter 21, speaking of Jesus, it says, He was sitting across from the offering box, and he was observing how the crowd tossed money in for the collection. Many of the rich were making large contributions, but one poor widow came in and put in two small coins, a measly two cents. Jesus called his disciples over and said, The truth is that this poor widow gave more to the collection than all the others put together. All the others gave what they'll never miss, and she gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. The one thing that sticks out to me is that, you know, Jesus was, was watching as people were uh, putting stuff in the offering basket. And, you know, just, just know this, that no matter what you're giving today... You know, Jesus is not looking so much about what's in your hands, but he's looking what's in your heart. 
And even though these wealthy people could put the, the, you know, a big chunk of money, you know, if you have, if you have a million dollars and you put 10,000 in the offering, like you're not really going to miss it that much. Right? But if I got, but if I got $15 and I put 14 in, you know, in the mind of God, like that's a sacrificial gift. God never asked us to give more than, than, than what we have, but, but he's after our heart. Amen? And so whether you're, you're going to give a lot or a little today, I just, uh, I just pray that you would give just wholeheartedly and sacrificially, that you would just ask the Lord what he would have you give and just be faithful to that. Uh, there are ways to give um, electronically if you guys can throw that up on the screen. There's a QR code on the brochures if you want to do that. Um, but I'll pray and we'll get into the message. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you for all that you've given to us. Thank all that you've done through us. And Lord, we thank you that the greatest days are ahead, Lord. So I pray that this offering would just be, um, just, just be something small that we could show that, Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, before we get into the message as the ushers make their way back, I'm going to bring up Chris really quick, and then i got a couple things that I want to talk about. So... Morning. Today is the day for the ladies' tea. It's at 2 o'clock at Concord Church. If anybody has any questions about where it is or what's happening, they can see Darlene. Raise your hand, Darlene. That's Darlene. So those of you who don't know her, um, we, um, as the women of the church, are going over to Economy at, to go to Concord Church because they're partnering with us to support Hope's Haven our women's home and we're so thankful that they're willing to do this and we're going to put together shower caddies for the ladies who are coming and enjoy some tea and some refreshments some fellowship so I hope to see you all there and and um, some of us who might not have a ride you can see those of us who are going maybe try to coordinate if you need a ride okay thank you <laughs> thanks Chris Hey, just a couple quick things that I can just kind of touch base on, a couple housekeeping things. Uh, we have our Valentine's Day dinner uh, happening on the 14th. That's an annual fundraiser. It's a great night out. Uh, we do have limited seats for that. Um, and you're welcome to come, you know, uh, single or with a couple. I mean, you know, it, it's better than, you know, if you're single and sitting at home and crying in your Cheerios that you don't have a date, right? come and have some fun with with your church family we're gonna have a great meal and it's always a good time uh see sherry you want to stick if you don't know sherry thornhill my wife over there give her a round of applause if nothing else just help me out by giving her a round of applause and she'll have tickets uh for you for that valentine's day dinner so see her and she will hook you up this saturday will be our men's prayer breakfast that'll be at 8 30 to about 9.30. We try to get done uh, in about an hour. Um, if you're a man, if you identify as a man, come to the men's breakfast. We're going to have a special announcement uh, at that breakfast, and um, it'll, it's always a good time in the Lord for the men to get together. Um, also, we have a missions trip coming up um, this summer. We're going to the Philadelphia Dream Center. Uh, last year, we 
went out to Los Angeles. This time we're staying a little close to home, going to the beautiful city, not of Philadelphia, to do missions work. And so um, that is going to happen June 24th to the 28th is what we're, we're saying. Um, so uh, next Sunday after service, um, we're going to have an informational meeting. Um, so uh, come to that. It'll be about 30 minutes after service next Sunday. So I'll announce it next Sunday. So you don't have to call me or ask me a bunch of questions. Just come to that meeting and all your questions will be answered. Um, and that'll be next Sunday. So that's for the Philadelphia missions trip. Um, it's going to be very affordable. You won't have to get on a plane if you don't like that. And we're going to go and we're going to bring uh, the New Hope flavor to uh, Philadelphia. So are you guys ready for the word today? Yeah. All right. So, so we're going to begin a, a new, uh, about a seven-week series on faith. I call it Kingdom Faith. You know, faith is the most powerful force in the universe because faith is the currency of heaven. It, it, it's by faith that we confess unto salvation. It's by faith that we're sanctified into the image of Jesus Christ. It's by faith that we're healed. It's by faith that we're filled with the Holy Ghost. It's by faith that we overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. And there's a lot of places that we could go in the Bible to learn about faith, but for the next few weeks, we're going to focus on the life of Abraham. And there's a couple reasons why I'm focusing on Abraham as we go through faith. Uh, number one, Abraham is called the father of faith. And also, uh, when the writers of the New Testament who were inspired by the Holy Ghost, when they a lot of times when they would explain how faith works, they used Abraham's life as an example. So it was their goal to uh, show us uh, under the new covenant how faith works using the, the life of Abraham, and that'll be my goal as well. Um, in addition, in the book of Galatians, it says that if you belong to Christ, that you are Abraham's seed and you are heirs according to the promise. So I, I really believe that by time that... Man, I thought the rapture... I thought we were all about to go, like that was the trumpet. I was like, let's do it. I'm ready. That was just a test, see if you were rapture ready. There's some people like, no, it's happening. I thought they were lying. Anyway, back to teaching on faith. I'm believing that by time that we're done with this, that you're going to better understand the covenant that, that we have uh, with God and your faith level will be at a higher place, that you're going to be able to unleash your faith in every area of your life because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So let's start there. We're going to be in Isaiah 51 is where we're going to start. Isaiah 51 and that's going to kind of be set the theme for uh, the rest of this series. So I'm going to read this scripture verse. It's going to be Isaiah 51 verse 1. 
And we're going to set a tone here. Reading from the New King James Version. It says, listen to me, you who follow after righteousness. You who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were honed. And the hole of the pit from which you were dug. Look to Abraham your father and to Sarah who bore you. For I called him alone, but I blessed and increased him. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you for this day and I thank you for all that you're going to do. Lord, I can't preach this word in my own strength. Lord, I need you to use me as a vessel. Lord, I pray that my spirit would decrease and your Holy Spirit would increase. I pray that the people would be edified and the name of Jesus would be glorified in this house. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, for those of, you know, for people who have known me for, for a long time, um, I, I kind of have a tendency when I do things, I kind of do it to the extremes. So when, when, I, when I got to a, a certain age and I started, and I started partying, I, I wanted to be the life of the party, right? I wanted to be the guy that everybody was happy when he showed up. Okay, well, you know, Rick's here, let the party begin, you know? I wanted to, so I wanted to be able to drink more than you. I wanted to, sorry, Mom, I wanted to roll, you know, bigger joints than you rolled. Like I was, like was going to be the life of the party. And then, you know, I, I graduated high school by the grace of God. I went to the Army, and in the Army, you know, I, I kind of submersed myself into that culture. And, and being in the Army, I decided that, you know, I wanted to be you know, the roughest, toughest, most lethal soldier on the battlefield. I mean, I was just, I was all in. And then I got out of the army. I had a family. So I said, you know, I, I better, I need to start making a living and building a future. Um, I, I began getting into real estate. I was reading all these, you know, real estate books and all this other stuff. I mean, I totally immersed myself. And I just started buying houses left and right. I mean, I literally had people calling me. They're like, uh, you sure you can handle all this? Like, you're, you're, you're moving a little bit fast. And I was. I mean, I almost, you know, I almost lost my shirt. I almost lost everything uh, in that. There was people that, that, that I kind of started. And, and I, when I was starting in business, I mean, they, the one guy, they literally, he was on the news. He had so many foreclosures. I mean, we watched so many people, like, lose it all. But, you know, I, I was all in. I was into it. So at, at 26 years old in that small little church in Moon Township, PA, when I, was, uh, when, when I was watching people get baptized, when I watched my wife get baptized and the Spirit of God hit me, I became over, just overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit. I, just, I, I started to cry right there and I said, you know, either I'm totally going crazy or there truly is a God. And, and I made a decision I made a decision that, like, look, if I'm going to do this, like, if I'm going to, they're, they're, they're either, ugh, blah, 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 that's all, folks. Either there is a God or there's not a God, right? Either this word is true or it's not true. Either I'm going to die and there's going to be nothing or I'm going to die and I'm going to stand in front of God for, for, for all, and give an account of my life for all of eternity. 
Like, I have to make a decision. It's going to be one way or the other. So if I'm going to believe this, like, I'm going to believe it the whole way. I'm not, I'm not going to sit on the fence. I'm going to believe it totally and completely. Like, so I'm in. So I believe I'm going to pray. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to come to church. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to do all of that. Because even in the book of Revelations, you know, God says, I'd rather you either be hot or cold. But you're lukewarm, so I spit you out of my mouth. And that's how I roll. I'm either going to be hot or I'm going to be cold. I'm not, I'm not going to be anywhere in between. And I can tell you this. Since I made that decision to, to serve God with, with my whole life, God's taken me to places I never thought that I would go. He's done things in my life that I, that, that I, that I never thought that, that I would do. I, I've met people who I never thought that I would meet. I've, I've traveled all around the world, all around the country for the glory of God. I never thought that I'd be doing the things that, that, that I would do. And obviously, you know, this world is in heaven. You know, had some problems along the way, had some stumbles that I made. But I can tell you, living for God, it, it's, it's the best way that you can live. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. And I can tell you that I am living the abundant life. I I'm, living, I'm living a blessed life. And I want that for every single person in here. I want you to have that. I want you to experience that in your life every day. But, but, I, but my experience has been that one of the things that that holds us back from, from living a new life in Christ, from living a blessed life, is that we keep holding on to our old life. We keep holding on to the old ways of doing things. And if you want to possess the promises of God, you have to get rid of the old to make way for the new. You know, most people, and, and this is kind of American culture and society, it's like, well, hey, you know, like, I'll... You know, I'll come to church or whatever, but, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to get too into it. That's how most people are. Like, yeah, you know, I, I come to church, you know, it feels good, I like the music, I like the people, I like the way it makes me feel, but, you know, I don't want to get too crazy. You know, I don't want to get too radical. I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like one of them Jesus freaks, like, you know, and I don't know, they get up there and they start raising their hands and things kind of get a little weird. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just cool, man. I'm cool, like, just... Just, just, just this little bit. But what happens is you're kind of straddling the fence and you got one foot in the kingdom of God and you got one foot in the world and you don't have enough in the kingdom of God to truly experience the power of God in your life to set you free and, and bring all those blessings in your life and you got one foot in the world so now you just feel bad about all the stuff that you're doing and, and it's actually a miserable way to live. But a lot of people are like, you know what, what's, what's going to happen if I, like, what's going to happen to me? Like, who am I? Like, if I've been living my, my, my life in this way, like, all these years, what's going to happen when I, when I change? Who am I going to be? What's my identity going to be like? And then what you have is you have this identity crisis because you spent your whole life, you know, building a persona, building who you are, living your life in a certain way, and and all of a sudden, like, you're saying that you got to trade all that in and, and have my identity being that I'm a child of God, I'm an ambassador 
of God, right? If, you know, it's Christ in me, the, the hope of glory. No longer I who live, but Christ who lives inside of me. But you don't really know what that means. And sometimes we're afraid of what people think. You know, I, I know that I've had to, you know, I had to deal with it, you know, coming, getting saved and giving my life to Christ and, you know, having this kind of radical transformation and doing like this major, like, U-turn in my life where people knew me kind of in one way, then all of a sudden, and they're like, come on, man, like, what's going on with you, you know? And like, you know, they, they sit there and they say stuff about you, and sometimes, you know, we're, we're afraid of what people will think if we truly, you know, give our whole life to, to Christ and kind of go all in. I know sometimes we, we have to let go even of our old friends because like, you know, like everybody can't go where God is taking us. We'll, we'll do a little bit more on that in a little bit. But I think the biggest thing is like we have a hard time to trust that my life will be better as a Christian. Because people have this, people have this sort of... Uh, idea that like okay like it's it's about what i don't get to do so like now if i become a christian like i don't get to have fun anymore you know i i don't you know i i won't get to sleep around anymore and get stds i won't be able to i won't be able to get drunk and embarrass myself and embarrass my family and be hung over and ruin my liver I won't get to be dope sick anymore and looking for another fix I mean who would want to give all that up you know but, but that's that's kind of what we think like I, I'm, I'm gonna give up I, I'm gonna have to give up on like is it really fun is it really somebody somebody's all about <laughs> All right, well, you got to keep going until you, you know. But, but what happens is when you're willing to say, you know what, I, I, I need to give that up because there's a more excellent way, then you're going to get to a way where, you're going to get to a place where you really start to enjoy the amazing things that, that, that life has to offer. And, and you'll, you'll truly begin to not just survive and not just but but you'll be able to thrive like you're not going to be just living for the weekend like you're going to be living for eternity it's just a new way of living it's just a new way of figuring it out and, it, and if you came up that hey this is the way that you know that that we live you know and that's what i you know i, I would work and then you know you're kind of living for the weekend to kind of party and get it in hopefully you make it back to work on monday you know, and, and, you're, and you're living like that because you're just trying to get relief from your miserable life. But, you know, a lot of times what we're chasing around is there's just this God-shaped hole in our heart. And you, we try to fill it with all kind of other stuff, but the only thing that can fill it is God. And once God fills our hearts, and all of a sudden all those things don't have the same attraction anymore. And we can start to grab hold of the life that God has for us. So... Let's start looking at um, our journey with Abraham together. And I want you to look at the promises that God gave to Abraham. But I also wanna, I want you to look at what God asked Abraham to give up to receive those promises. So let's go to Genesis uh, chapter 12. 
Genesis chapter 12. We're just going to read the first three verses. And just to give us sort of a time frame here, um, in Genesis 12, we're looking at about 2,000 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. We're looking at around three or 400 years after the flood of Noah. And we're looking at a very short time after the, the Tower of Babel was built. But what happens is God calls a man uh, by the name of Abraham who was living in what would be modern-day Iraq. And we're not sure why Abraham was chosen or even how God appeared to him. But let's check out what he says to him. If you're there, say amen. amen. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and I'll curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So, what does Abraham, who lived some 4,000 years ago, have to do uh, with us in 2024? What can we take away from just those, those few verses, keeping in mind that the original verse that we read in Isaiah says to look to Abraham, that we were cut from that same rock that we were cut from that that same cloth and really you know the first thing is kind of uh, and I kind of touched on it that you 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 have to be willing to let go of your old life you you really do when you become a Christian one of your first step in obedience is to be water baptized now I I grew up in a Catholic church and you know they, they baptized infants and I know there's other churches that do and I know they have their reasons for doing it but I really like the way we do baptism as a believer's baptism that's full immersion because there's a representation there and the representation is that um, just as Christ died that we die that's us going back into the water and, and and as we're buried in that watery grave it's just as Christ was buried that our sin our shame our old man and everything was buried with Christ but as we come out of the water, we're raised to new life, to resurrected life. And the first thing that God told Abraham was to get out of his country, to get away from his family, and get out of his father's house. And the reason, the reason why is God was breaking something off of that family. God wanted to start new. He wanted to establish a new family line and and not not everyone is gonna have to totally step away from their friends and family but some of you might some of you might have to step away from certain friends and certain family in your life to truly grab a hold of the new life because they're gonna stand in your way they're gonna be a thorn in your side and you cannot let any person stop you from following God and guess what? The same people that will call you crazy today will be calling you in a year or two saying, man, I need your help. I want what you have. Can you help me out? I know from experience. And, and we don't know a whole lot about um, Abraham's 
life before he was called, but we know that he was called from a dark region that was, they were heavily into pagan worship and, and idolatry, and it was probably a, a dark place like a lot of places are in the, in the Middle East right now. And he's saying, I'm, I, I, wanna, I need to pull you out of that because I want to put you in something brand new. I've told this story before, but I can remember like I had, you know, my, my old drinking spot was only a few blocks from here. It was called Fred's Divot. Some of you might know about it. Don't laugh too hard. That means you go there. But I, I would go there and, um, you know, I, I can remember going there on a regular basis. Now I got saved and, you know, the one day, you know, me and Sherry got into a fight. It wasn't any of my fault. It was all her fault. And I left, right? I left. Well, that's it. I'm leaving. And, and I walked down and I went to the bar. Just was my old pattern that I did a million times. And I just remember sitting at the bar and I just remember looking around and like, I don't know what it was. Like, it was almost like I, I kind of got caught up in the spirit for a minute and I was just looking around and I just felt God speaking to me like, what are you doing here? You, you don't belong here anymore. Like, like, I'm pulling you out of this. I'm not saying that I'm better than, than anyone else. And, and I'm not, so please don't misunderstand me. But God had something better than for me to be, you know, in, in my late 20s, sitting at the bar, drinking, waiting for some other guy to punch me in the face so we could get into a fight. You know what I mean? Like, there was a better thing for me. Like, I, I felt... I, I can't even tell you, like, you guys who are familiar with Star Wars, there was, like, a bar scene with, like, Jabba the Hutt, and, like, there's just all these weird people, like, sitting around. Like, that, that's what I felt like. I was, like, so out of place. I just kind of set my beard down, and I, and I headed out that day. I knew that God was calling me to a different place. I had to give up my old life. That was my old pattern, but that wasn't for me anymore. Because God had something, something else, and... You know, the, the faith part, what would have took such great faith of, of Abraham is that even maybe where he was was a dark place, but he didn't know where God was taking him to. He said, I'm going to take you to a land that I will show you. But he didn't know what it was like. And we might be in a place that's, that, that's dark, but you know what? It's familiar. And we understand it. And it takes great faith to believe that, you know what? I'm going to step out of this old life, and I don't really know what the next step looks like. I don't really know where the place that God has for me, but I'm going to follow God, and I'm going to go there because I trust my Lord and Savior that he's got something better for me than where I'm at now. you got to believe that God has a good plan for your life. Like, if you don't believe that, like, if you don't trust God, if you don't trust that, that, that God loves you, that, that he's going to take care of you, that he has a plan for your life, you're going to have a hard time following the plans of God. And, and just like Abraham being called out of where he was at and going to the promised land, when we say yes to Jesus, that's us being translated out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. And when you understand that we serve a good God who, who loves you in the same way that he loves the Son, then you can trust him and you can understand that he has a good plan for your life. The first Bible that I ever had 
the pastor and scribe, Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. That was the first scripture that I ever knew. I didn't know the difference between 1 Chronicles and 1 Corinthians, but I knew that passage of scripture, and I read it, and I believed it. And I never thought that I would, I never thought that I would pastor a church. None of that was, was on the radar. I never thought that I would oversee a whole group of churches across the tri-state area. I never did. I never thought that I would witness some of the miracles that I've witnessed in my life. But that's what life is when you're walking with God. It just keeps getting better and better. And, and, and people will say, well, you know, serving God is really hard. Serving God is really hard. No, you know what's really hard? Serving the devil is hard. Being addicted to drugs is hard. Looking over your shoulder waiting for the police to kick in your door it is hard living in the chaos of the world is hard facing death with no hope is hard the bible says that the cha that, that trouble chases the sinner but god's blessing rewards the righteous it says that the way of the transgressor is hard but jesus said that my yoke is easy and my burden is light Well, you know, but if, I'm, but if I come out as a Christian, people are going to talk about you. People are going to talk about you anyway. That's what people do. I mean, I'd rather somebody call me a, a Jesus freak or a holy roller or whatever else they want to call me when it comes to serving Jesus because I've been called a heck of a lot worse. Trust me. You know? And people will say, well, you know, you're, you're going to have difficulty. And, and yeah, you're probably going to have some difficult days and some, some tough things. But, but with God on your side, you're going to overcome any difficulty that comes, at, that, that comes your way. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So you'll have tribulation, but guess what? In Christ, we overcome. And then here's the thing, you got to believe that you're blessed. You got to believe that you're blessed. Say this, say, I am blessed. I am blessed. Some people are, are even going to struggle with that. Well, I don't know, I don't really want to say that, that, that I'm blessed. But guess what? The Bible says that if we are in Christ, then we are heirs to the promise. This same promise that was given to Abraham is our promise, that you will be blessed. That you will have a great name. What do people know? When, when I was out on the street, what did people know me as then? But guess what? God cleared up my name. He cleared up my name. And guess what? You're going to be blessed, and it's not just for your sake. You're going to be blessed to the point where you get to be a blessing to the rest of the world. God can take you from being a needy person who always needs stuff to be a person who meets the needs of a cold and dark world for other people. He wants to abundantly bless you so those blessings flow out into the world around you. 
That's what it says in, in, in our scripture that we read. It says, in, in, in you all of the families of the earth will be blessed. He says, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you, and I'll make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. God wants to bless you to the point where you are a blessing. He wants to give you enough to take care of all your needs and take care of the needs of everybody on your street and maybe even people all around the world. Look at, look at what, you know, look at what, what Brian Keith is doing. And Dan went over there. They, they, they went over to the Philippines to a remote island. He's building a whole farm there that's going to feed that entire, that, that entire island. I mean, that's what it is. That's what it is. It might not be, you know, it, it might not be all the flash and stuff that, that we see, but, but God can bless you in a way that, and, and give you a grace to live simply so that you can bless the world around you. That's what it means that, that, that he'll bless you. And it says that, that he will bless those who bless you and that he'll curse those who curse you. And guess what that means? When, if I'm serving the Lord and somebody's coming against me, they're not coming against me. They're coming against God. The battle is not mine. The battle is the Lord's. So if you want to come against me for my faith, that's fine. But you're coming against Jesus. And I got news for you, he never loses. Undefeated champion of the world. God is never late, he's never wrong, and he never loses. And some of you have had generational cursings in your life. And, you know, it says that, you know, there's curses that trickle down to the third and fourth generation. You know, um, you know, my... Great-grandfather was a drunk, granddaddy was a drunk, daddy was a drunk, right? We, we know what, what these things are, you know? My, my daddy left kids over, all over town. My grandfather left kids all over town. We all had broken families. Great-granddad was poor. Granddad was poor. I, we were poor, you know? It, it's like these things, but because of the blood of Jesus... Those, that your family line can now shift and you become part of the family of God and now the blessings of the Lord. So now I don't pass on generational curses. Now I'm passing on generational blessings that will last for a thousand years or until Jesus comes back. My, my mother and my father were were raised in difficult families. Is that true? But guess what? I got saved. Now my whole family's saved. My mother's saved, my sister's saved, my, my father's saved, my wife is saved, my daughter grew up in the church. I have grandchildren that are growing up in their church. Their lives are already covered in prayer. My family is not cursed. We broke the generational curse, and now I'm in a new family, and now we're passing on generational blessings. That is, we are heirs of that promise because we are in Christ. And the Bible says that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever dream of or imagine. Well, that sounds great, but I can't even imagine 
having a life like that, guess what? He can do more than we could ever dream of or imagine. You don't even have the capacity in your mind to think about the way that, that, that God wants to bless you. And Abraham's pro or God's promise to Abraham was not just that his name would be great, but he would actually become a great nation. That, that through him, he would become a great nation. And I don't know about you, but when I read that, I decided I'm not trying to build a church. I'm trying to build a great nation. Amen? See, if we're, we're not, we're in the world, but we're not of this world. Amen? And so together, when we come together, why do you think the, God gave us this whole city block just to start? Because we're building a great nation. We're building a city within a city. It's called the, the kingdom of God. And God wants to raise up a people who will believe him in his word, go all in for the things of God, and show the world what it is to walk under the blessing of God. That we don't need to be tied in to, to the world system that, that we have a different way to do community uh, in, in, in this nation, that we love one another and we take care of one another. We have a different way of, of doing finances. We're not hoarding and, and being stingy. We're generous, and the more that we give, the more that God gives us. We have a different way of raising our kids. We have a better way of dealing with the issues of society because His way is better. His way is better. And through us, he's going to build a great nation. Amen? Amen. If we could just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this word. Lord, I pray that you would just speak to the people right where they're at. I want you to just take a moment to just be quiet. And just allow the Holy Spirit to speak what he wants to speak to your heart. If the worship team wants to, to make their way up before we close the service. If you haven't been brought into the family, Jesus didn't come to start a religion came to start a family he started with Abraham Abraham had a son named Isaac Isaac had a son named Jacob God changed Jacob's name to Israel Israel had 12 tribes it became the nation of Israel through the nation of Israel came Jesus Christ and when we put our faith in Jesus we're grafted in to that same family and those same promises. It's, it's our sin that keeps us separated from God. We're, we're all sinners by nature and by choice. And that sin keeps us away from God. And there's really nothing that you can do to close that gap. But, but Jesus did something. He stepped down from heaven. He became a man. He lived the life that we couldn't live. He, li he was perfect without sin. And then he gave his life up on a cross, dying in our place for our sins. And we just have to apply our faith 
to that. We just have to believe. We have to believe. We have to confess, repent of our old life. And you can start this day to follow Jesus with all your heart. You can get on the road to your own promised land, to life and life more abundantly. But it just starts with one decision. And, I, and maybe everyone in here, maybe we're all Christians. If it is, that's great. But if you're not, I, I want to give you that opportunity to make today your day of salvation. So if I could have every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you never said yes to Jesus and you want to do it today, you feel the, that, that emotional stirring, that's the Holy Spirit pulling on your heart. If you've never given your life to Christ and you want to do it today, I just want you to stick up a hand and say, today is my day of salvation. Is there anybody today before we close? Amen. Can we stand to our feet? So, the good news, it, well, either we're all Christians, which is awesome, because the relationships we have here are going to go into eternity, or maybe you're here and you're just not ready for that step, that's okay too. But, invite a friend. Invite a friend. There's a lot of people out there who needs Jesus. They need this message. They need the Holy Spirit in their life. They, they need a do-over. They need a fresh start. And that's what Jesus can offer. Amen? Amen. Can we just stick our hands up? Just let me pray for you. Lord, I just thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, we're all at different places. We all have different struggles, but we all have the same God. So, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you are raising their faith levels up, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that, that, that they're going to have breakthrough in every area of their life. Breakthrough in every area. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done in our life. Lord, I thank you that you are building a great nation. I thank you, Lord, that you can do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever dream of or imagine. May we all walk in the fullness of what you have for us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. They're going to do one more worship song. You're free to, to get up and go. Or if you want to stay, we're going to stay and praise the Lord. If you need prayer, feel free to make your way up. But God bless you. I love you. And I'll see you soon. Uh,